Hey everyone, Steve here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Scale to Success Podcast, Pedro Gomez, and Jerry McNamara for giving us reviews on iTunes. iTunes does their rankings based on an algorithm of downloads and reviews, so each review we get helps bump us up those podcast charts. If you like what you've heard, and you've got a moment, please go to iTunes and leave us an honest review. We would appreciate it more than you know. We've got a link embedded in the summary of this MP3 to make it even easier to do so, and if you do you'll probably get a shout out on a future episode. Thanks. And it's understanding that outcome and then saying, okay, what do I need to get to that particular outcome? What needs to happen? What could possibly hold me back from getting there? What attitudes might be in the way? What might externally affect me? All of those things that make up the foundation of good decision making, I, I, I need all of those pieces in place. That's clarity. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, executive coach Gary Wood. Now, Gary has more than 40 years experience leading and working with business and nonprofit leaders. He's the former president of the Christian Coaches Network and is on faculty at the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, where my co-host John Ramstead got to know him. Two areas that Gary specializes in are preventing and recovering from burnout and finding clarity, which you heard in the teaser clip. We'll talk about that on this episode, but if you know anybody that's struggling with burnout or more importantly, searching for clarity, please share this episode with them. Here now is how John and I got this conversation started. All right, Steve, this morning on Eternal Leadership, we have Gary Wood. Yeah. So Gary... Um, Gary has been in business and ministry and in coaching for 40 years, Steve, mm -hmm. and a, a very good friend of mine uh, told me something about the clarity model, this, in, that I, this, this training was absolutely something I had to do, not only as a leader in things that I'm trying to do, but also as a coach. And I took the, the clarity training from Gary, and I, and I think it's probably one of the most valuable leadership tools that I've personally ever come across. And you know, if you're, you know, when you go camping, you, you go and you bring a Swiss army knife, right? Because mm -hmm. it can do anything that you need to do. You know, you can turn into MacGyver right there on the spot. And mm -hmm. honestly, that's what the clarity model is for anybody in, in a leadership role. So uh, we're going to go through this today. We're going to give some fantastic teaching, things that you're going to be able to take uh, right now and apply to things that you have to do in business, in leadership, in your marriage, uh, you know, in a ministry situation, this clarity model is going to be able to help you in, uh, in every aspect of your life. So Gary, welcome to the uh, podcast. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thanks, John. Yeah. Well, and now you're from Canada, Gary. and Yes, sir. And there's some great thinking that goes on up there, and we've been up in your neck of the woods for a couple hockey tournaments. But uh, um, hey, take a little time, real quick, and just give the give everybody a sense of your background and um, and how you got to this point with the Clarity Model. Mm, okay. Well, thanks, John and Steve. Uh, the Lord got a hold of me back in 1971. So uh, I'm kind of long in the tooth walking with the Lord, and, uh, and I thank him for that. From the time I became a, a believer, uh, really I had a desire to walk with the Lord, to serve the Lord. I, I had that sense that 
life would never be the same uh, again. And uh, my wife, Alice, and I uh, were down in Toronto. I was trained in electronics, working on computers, kind of when they were half the size of a room. And uh, we, I guess the short story is we were prompted to leave our careers. Alice was in nursing and move up to the area that we now live in and work behind the scenes at a Christian camp. Uh, That was our passion. Shortly after I was saved, I came to this camp for the first time ever. I didn't know what a Christian camp was. And before I became a Christian, I would not have got gone to one anyway, had you told me about it. (laughs) But it captured my attention, and uh, from that point on, I was hooked on Christian camping. Spent 15 years working behind the scenes uh, with this uh, Christian camp, uh, planted a church, uh, taught the word, and I fell back on some things that I knew in high school in terms of earning enough dollars to make sure we could spend our time at camp. Um, About 15 years in, uh, we had a knock on our door and the leaders of that camp said, we believe uh, the Lord may want you to take over uh, the camp. And that was another turning point in our life. The first being leaving our careers and the second being the Lord just saying, hey, I I want you to I want you to step out. So we were involved for a number of years after that in a in a faith ministry. And it was during that time I was working with about 360 volunteers, 40 of them very intimately uh, as as leaders and asking myself, uh, wow, you know, how do I manage when you're in a small Christian organization, you're dealing with uh, all sorts of situations, you're wearing all sorts of hats, Lord, how can I be the best leader? Uh, possible. Lord, how do I manage all of these things that I need to manage? And you must have, how, how did you do it? I, my, I wanted to pattern after the word. And I was working through Romans 6 at the time. And in Romans 6, uh, what now has become the clarity model just jumped out at me in this way, that uh, I had this sense that God has patterns. I, I could see a pattern in the way that, that he works. I could see a pattern in the way that he has uh, set up the affairs of, of mankind. And I thought, wow, if that's the way God works, maybe this is good for me in, in leadership. And that was the genesis of what I now call the the clarity model. It was really observing God and the way he works and saying or asking, can that be applied to how I do my work? That's the nutshell. Well, Gary, you know, that's what I love about the clarity model because it's like an operating system or it's a methodology that you can apply anything to. So if you think of your computer, any application that you can build on top of it, whether it's for entertainment or financial analysis, the computer is a framework to allow you to do that. And the clarity model is, is uh, that's how I look at it, is something like that, you know, as we live and have to make decisions and need to be productive and more effective, uh, 
So when you first put this together, when we started, you 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 had shared that a lot of the coaching and is people uh, people need to know. Uh, Gary's a master certified Christian coach. He's uh, on faculty with the Professional Christian Coaching Institute. And um, but what was the the first application of this clarity model and the kind of coaching you were doing at the time? Yeah, I think I first began. So I I, I went into coaching back uh, seventeen years ago now full-time coaching and uh, as I was explaining before we started the interview here we were just chatting about it uh, I worked with a lot of leaders I build myself uh, around dealing with burnout helping uh, leaders executives entrepreneurs professionals uh, beat burnout and uh, I, I've moved through stages with that in my professional career as a coach sometimes I get burned out on burnout and I move away <laughs> from I move away from it myself and then and then seem to circle back to it again but Christian leaders experiencing burnout need immediate solutions to the situation they're they're in so there are some things we have to deal with right away to pull them back from this crises that they're experiencing or being on the edge of crises. But they also need, John, to continue the work that they're doing. They, many leaders don't have the luxury of pulling back and saying, okay, I, I can stop everything I'm doing for a period of time. It needs to continue on. And the clarity model provided a framework to really zero in and say, okay, where are the real problem areas here that if we addressed that one area, it may make the biggest difference in moving forward? And I picture it much like, you know, you set up all, all those dominoes that are set up on their edge that we sometimes see where you push one domino and it affects a whole stream of dominoes. And that's what we were looking for with um, with leaders. What, what one area could have the biggest impact? And the clarity model began you know, as I started working with it, it developed over many years, of course, but it began giving a place to to pinpoint where that leader needed to pay particular attention. So let's do this, Gary, with the uh, the time that we have. Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to walk people through what the clarity model is, and maybe we can each go through each of the five areas and describe some examples of each of those and then how people can get some more information. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So if you have a piece of paper in front of you, uh, I'll just get you to draw a big pyramid. And uh, don't hang up on us because this is not pyramid power <laughs> in, in that sense. So you're going to divide this pyramid into five levels. The bottom level is uh, going to – I'll give you two words um, just so that you – we're going to make the connection with how this ties in with God's – the way God has set things up. Um, The bottom level, title that clarity, and beside that, just put the word know, K-N-O-W. The second level up, title that ownership, and beside that, put the word receive, The third level up, the word structure, and beside that, put the word follow. 
the fourth level up, the word momentum. And beside that, put the word grow. And on the very peak, the term outcomes. And beside that, put the word finish. So essentially, you're looking just at simplicity here. At the Clarity Model, you could pull out a napkin in a restaurant and draw it for someone uh, with a group of, you know, from one person in the restaurant to a group of a thousand. You could uh, have it up on a, on a screen. Think of God's ways with us, John. Um, God always starts out with us knowing something. He wants to get our attention and have us be aware, have us know who he is, who we are, how he works, what he has done in Christ uh, for us, um, our great need, uh, how we can find, have his solution in the Lord Jesus. Knowing is important to God, but knowing isn't it. It isn't the whole thing. We need to receive that for ourselves. So we get clarity, and then we need to take ownership. We need to say, that solution that you have provided for me, Lord, I receive that for myself. And then begins a pathway of following, where all of my thinking, my actions, all what I am, uh, there's some structure to it. It comes into alignment with his thoughts, with his designs for my life, and I begin to follow after him. And then begins a lifetime of growing, of course, where I, I'm moving towards certain things that he has for me, but I, I begin to grow uh, I need correction, I need adjustment, I need to, he needs to make me aware of, uh, of areas where he wants to challenge me and move me, etc. That's momentum. And then finally, I reach outcomes. Either my time here is finished and he takes me to heaven, or certain assignments that he gives me. The word says, as the Lord has assigned to each his task, and uh, he wants me to finish those assignments that he has given me, maybe a calling like I had to uh, work in Christian camping uh, years ago or to plant a church or to uh, whatever it may be that the Lord calls each one of us. And finally, we, you know, we finish those assignments and the Lord perhaps gives another one. That essentially is a pattern of God. And if you and I pay attention to that pattern, we don't want to turn it into a law. But if we pay attention to it, as you said, it can serve us in all sorts of situations, just like that Swiss Army knife. We can take it out when we need it. We can apply it to whatever we happen to be facing personally or professionally, in life, in work, in leadership. Well, clarity is something we hear a lot about. Uh, there's even books written about it. How do you start getting clarity on whatever is facing you? How what is the first couple steps here, Gary, for somebody using this model? Uh, I, I, I think probably the first place to use it is to understand the very close connection between clarity and outcomes. Oftentimes we come first and we have a, a problem uh, or a perceived opportunity and there's something that we want to reach. There's some point ahead of us that we say, that's, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. That's the outcome that I want. And it's understanding that outcome and then saying, okay, what do I need to get clear about to get there? What can, what can, what do I need to get 
to that particular outcome. What needs to happen? What do I have to get me there? What do I need to get me there? What could possibly hold me back from getting there? What attitudes might be in the way? What might externally affect me uh, from getting there? All of those things that make up kind of, you know, the, the, the foundation of decision making of good decision-making, I, I, I need all of those pieces in place. That's clarity. Yeah, I always picture it like building a bridge. You have to know, if I'm building a bridge across a river, I have to know exactly where I'm starting and where I want to get to uh, before I can even determine what that bridge is going to look like and what I build it out of and and mm-hmm. what's going to allow me to do this the most efficiently. Mm-hmm. So how would you, how would somebody apply this in, let's say, a, a business context? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first questions that I would probably ask myself or, or have a, a business leader or a ministry leader ask themselves really is quite, something quite simple. Are you moving towards something or are you moving away from something? Or are you perhaps just on a, on a plateau? And understanding that, being able to kind of position yourself and saying, you know what, I'm actually moving away from something. In the case of burnout, I want to get, I want to get rid of this burnout. Well, moving away from something sometimes can have a – it can be very demanding. It can consume a lot of energy. So knowing where you are is probably a starting point, John. It's kind of the building point of that – you know, the starting point of building that bridge. And if, if a person can understand they're, they're moving away from something or they're moving toward it, then we've got a starting point. We've got something that we can, that we can talk about. Or if they're on a plateau, and let me give you an example. I, I, I just, I'm thinking of a national organization that's running through my mind. I was working with the leader. And, uh, and he came and, and I just had him identify, where, where are you here? Are, is the organization moving forward towards something? Is it, are you having the sense it's moving away or, or is it just kind of in a steady state? It's on a, on a bit of a plateau. And he identified, he said, you know, I think we're just on a plateau. Um, we have all sorts of uh, churches uh, joining, but we almost have as many churches leaving as we have joining. Uh, it's just, we've just reached this point. We've accomplished a lot of things, but we're not moving forward any further. And of course, John, if you're on a plateau, the, the next point is you may start going down, downward. And so he recognized action needed to be taken to move from that plateau so that they could get somewhere new. Some, something had to be done to get off of this plateau before they started going down in a dip. So recognizing, A, that they were on a plateau, getting clarity of really where they were today, mm-hmm. what are all the situations, but then also refocusing and getting clarity on the outcome that the organization wants now gave them the framework to really start addressing some of the other uh, areas that were going to allow them to accomplish that. Sure. So so number one, getting clarity, right? They recognized where they were at. And it caused them to have a look at, all right, well, what have we taken ownership? What what has been the th- the thinking, the attitude that we've gone into this with uh, over the years? And they rec- he he recognized as a leader that for um, 
some long period of time now, they really had just held to some old ways of doing things. Their organization really was kind of parked back, kind of the, the latest that they had got was up to about the early 70s. And so they were about 20 years behind, really, in their kind of in their in their thinking. They had they had a style that wanted to hang on to something that was uh, was already past. And they had to change that attitude. They had to change that thinking and take ownership uh, of building a new way forward, a new vision uh, for the future. Well, and one of the things you talk about, too, in clarity, which I think is really important, it comes down to mindset and filters and, you know, how we're perceiving things today mm-hmm. versus, uh, you know, making a shift in how we look and perceive things. How do, how do you work people through getting, you know, just super clarity on uh, maybe a different perspective that will allow them to start moving forward again? Mm, yeah. Well, and the clarity model, I mean, really is all about change, right? It's it's identifying where do we need to pay attention and, and what do we need to, to do or to, or to think about. And I mean, you identify probably the toughest area of all. It's around this area of taking ownership. Ownership has to do with commitment. It has to do with attitude. It has to do with um, decision making. And isn't this where we often get stuck? I mean, we get we get comfortable. We can even be comfortable in our pain um, because it's going into the unknown, facing the unknown, taking those steps forward. Sometimes it's easier just to stay right where we are than step out. And certainly for us in the case, uh, you know, as Christians, step out and really just say, Lord, we'll commit this to you, but we know we need to move forward. And it's really taking that long, hard look inside at ourselves and asking, you know, what attitudes might be holding this up in me? What tough decisions need to be made? And will I take ownership of them? Will I make those decisions that need to be made uh, moving forward? That's the slower part, probably. Well, I agree. And, you know, the coaching work I do in in corporations and the executive uh, suites, building high-performance teams requires not only a a very high level of clarity, because that is foundational to having very good communication, because ownership also is about myself as either a team member or a leader of a team, but, but being able to communicate that and getting agreement on the ownership of other people on the team, but but also it back to communication. How do I communicate why what they're, they need to be doing is important, how it fits into the big picture. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how ownership works, both individually, but as you're working with a team in, in multiple different situations and how that, how that works. Mm-hmm. It's probably, John, around this ownership component um, where we face some of the biggest challenges because we can be in a we can, whether it's alone or in a team or in a, in, in a corporation, uh, many times we run into ownership issues where someone just really isn't on board. They may make a commitment, but ownership is something stronger than commitment. I make a commitment because I get a paycheck. 
but I don't really buy into the whole thing. I don't really like some aspect of moving forward. And let's face it, if there's something that we don't, some piece that we don't really agree with, we don't really like, we don't, we just have an attitude around it. And that attitude can cause us to behave in certain ways. It can cause us to hold back. It can cause us not to give our 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 best. You know, you're talking about high productive uh, productivity team. Uh, it can cause us, you know, to drag a whole team down. And at critical moments, this just cannot happen. We need everybody on board. We need everybody taking that ownership. So that's where it takes the time to really sift through this and saying, what is that one piece that I'm feeling resistance to? This is the key word um, here. And where we can be honest and say, you know, I might agree with the whole piece. I might agree with the direction we're going. I might agree with the initiative that we're taking. I might agree with the plan that we have to get there. However, I'm feeling myself resist on this one point of it. Let's say there are 10 elements to it, but I'm resisting element number three. That's an important thing to know, isn't it, John? It's important to know where the resistance is because if we can name it, we can do something about it. But where it just kind of lies in the background, it just lurks there, and it comes out in attitudes and, you know, in kind of squishy ways that are hard for us to get our hands on. We don't really know where it's coming from or what's going on. It's pretty hard to do anything about that, and sometimes it'll just scuttle a whole program moving forward, whether it's for a husband and wife or it's for a Fortune 100 company or it's for a government department. doesn't matter what it is ownership is absolutely critical. Well, Gary, I just went and met with one of my clients that owns a very large manufacturing company. And uh, he had the clarity model drawn out. It was on the top of his notes. And they'd gone through this whole process. They had real great clarity of what they're trying to do. The ownership had all been determined. And now they were kind of stuck on the structure because the structures they had in place really had to change to support this new level of clarity and the outcomes that they had determined that they wanted. So how do you use, now use the clarity model to start to implement some of the clarity as you've worked through this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll tie back into to, to the ownership piece here for a second. If, if we don't have ownership, if I'm sensing resistance, there's a very good reason for that. And it is because I believe something to be true. So we'll fall back and, and solve that clarity piece. What is it that I believe to be true? And I may need to change my thinking. Therefore, I'll change my attitude. And therefore, I'll get on board. And getting on board is this structural piece. Probably the key term of structure is alignment. Where we bring into alignment all the individuals and all the resources that are needed to achieve the outcomes. Where there is alignment, great things can happen. I was just working with a client um, the other day in a large uh, operation, and they were changing uh, the, the manufacturer. They're changing to a new product. And all of the new systems that needed to be brought in, the people understanding those systems, everything needed to be brought into alignment 
in order to achieve maximum production, in order to accomplish those things that were priorities for them. That's structure. You know, it's not just as simple as just organization. It really has to do with alignment. All of the elements brought into alignment to accomplish the mission. And for that, we need attitudes that are in alignment. We need everyone on board with absolute clarity of what outcomes we're heading toward, how we're going to head toward those outcomes, what each person needs to contribute, whether, again, that happens to be a, you know, a couple and their teenager uh, or, uh, or an organization, a church, whatever it may be. You know, as you're talking, Gary, there, there's a lot of talk about there's a lot of talk out there about taking these, you know, these values statements and mission statements that a lot of companies have. And they talk about company culture, but they're not something that we act on on a daily basis. It's not how we do business or interact with the people that we work with, either in a company or a ministry or even in our family. And that's what you're talking about is how do I have a structure that actually takes all that and weaves that into everything that I do every day so I can understand and have the really the results that I want to. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it may be that those nice slogans on the wall may be one of the deadliest things the organization has. Uh, if, if actions, if the true situation is not in alignment with the written word that's on the wall and all of those nice slogans and that represent, you know, what the what the perceived or what the desired culture of the organization is, we've got a problem. We don't have alignment. And people pick up on that. And people realize that, hey, this isn't what they this isn't what the leadership of this organization really believe in day-to-day practice. And those are things that where where leaders need to take a look at the things that are written on the wall and truly bring the organization into alignment with all the nice words so that people can be on board. Everyone can be on board in alignment. Right? I well, I completely it's major. Yeah, it's a that's a big piece of it. And you know, as I'm walking through this now, um, and I wish we had more time for each of these these pieces. But when I get to that momentum piece, and I always think about that too as a way to measure progress and growth. It's it's kind of like the feedback mechanism of of the model. What how does that now interact with the other pieces? Mm, yeah. Well, I'll start with a practical example. Uh, and, and that just impresses me. I'm in touch with so many small uh, Christian organizations, and and really they're they're just not moving forward. If anything, many of them are struggling. They they don't have the momentum toward the outcomes that they really want. And there are all sorts of reasons for this. A big chunk of it is structure. They don't have the resources. Uh, they don't have the uh, they don't have the people. A big chunk of it is ownership. There are attitudes on boards that want to keep these organizations kind of stuck in the past, in the old way of doing things. There isn't any real clarity of what does what does the way forward actually look like, and consequently. Movement, momentum suffers. It may be one of the first clues of what's going on, and that is that you have people not entering into the organization, but but actually drifting away from it. 
On the other hand, where you see an organization where they're moving forward, where good things are, 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 are happening and, and everyone is engaged, then you can look down the clarity model and say, okay, a lot of these other things are all in place. They've got a structure that supports achieving very clear outcomes that they have in mind. People are on board. Why? Because what they're saying and what they're doing and what people are thinking is, is you know, they're, they're all in alignment. They're all right there and they know what they need to do. That's an organization that's moving forward with what? With momentum. They're looking at themselves. They're, in particular, they're measuring. They're saying, are the things we're doing getting results? That's momentum. Now, when you talk about outcomes, you know, it mm -hmm. always makes me think of, you know, the why, the emotional component, the, the reason that you're doing it. Uh, and I think that's so important to understand how the, out, the direction that you're moving toward, that trajectory that you're on, is in alignment, once again, with the where you want to get to. So how do you really get clarity on the outcome? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it's really important first to say that God's interested in outcomes. Mm -hmm. and, and this broadcast is primarily listened to by Christian leaders, entrepreneurs, executives, professionals. So... Let me just split it into outcomes into two things. Number one would be what I call guiding direction. And that is picture you and I going down a, down a river. That river, the banks of that river, they, they give us some boundaries. That's the direction we're headed. Um, we don't have specific destination yet, but we know that we're going down the banks of that river. And you and I need a river to paddle down. God gives each one of us uh, uh, a direction that he wants us to take. And that's really important when it comes to outcomes. Am I being true to those things that truly matter to me? We can ask that question, what matters? And is that the river I'm on? Or am I paddling down a different river? If I am, it's probably going to produce stress. It's going to produce some dissonance. But if I'm paddling down the right river, those things that matter to me, those things that I feel that are mine, those things that that um, form my values, those things that answer to the sensibilities I have as a Christian uh, who is walking with the Lord, then I'm heading in the right direction. That forms part of the outcomes. The other piece of outcomes is more of that kind of tactical piece, which are those specific objectives that I decide to reach that God perhaps puts upon my heart to say, this is your assignment, Gary, go and do that assignment. And that would be like going down the river and ahead we see an island. And you and I are going, I say, well, John, head toward, uh, let's head toward that island. You see the, that sand beach and there's a tree hanging out over that beach. Let's go and uh, let's paddle over there. Now we have a specific destination, and where I, but I'll never get to that specific destination, or I'll have great trouble ever getting to that destination. I'm not going down the right river. And similarly, I'll not enjoy that destination very much. I'll not enjoy landing on that objective, achieving that objective, if I really have the sense, you know what, I don't really think I'm on the right river. 
I really should be on another river. So I won't have, wherever those two aren't lining up, kind of like, uh, you know, a couple of, of sine waves, uh, if they're in alignment, I'm going to experience great energy and, uh, and a lot of momentum moving forward. If they're not in alignment, if that direction I'm heading and those specific objectives that I'm achieving, who I am and what I'm doing, if those aren't in, in sync, I'm going to experience stress. And that's where so, so often the work I did in burnout, that's where it came, comes from. They, people were achieving, they were working away at achieving objectives, but it wasn't in alignment with who they were as a person and the, and the direction that they felt they ought to be going. Anyway, I'm going on, but you get the idea. Well, no, I think that's one of the most powerful aspects of the clarity model, and it's a big part of the training if people go through this is, is really understanding you know, who you are, what you're supposed to be doing in this season of your life, and how that relates to everything you're doing, uh, you know, at work, at home, in ministry, and, and how to pull those together. So, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're heading, if you're on the right river, heading toward a destination that you're just excited about getting to, all the work and, and the, you know, completing the tasks and having the goals along the way to get there is, mm -hmm. is, comes from such a different place it's not a place that brings stress and anxiety and and just like this weight on your shoulders it's a place that's freeing and joyful totally and and it's almost as if the energy of it pulls you forward isn't it it, it you know we had all of this talk a, a few years ago that all the attraction business that you know that came out well really you and i as as christians we understand something about attraction <laughs> not the kind that was talked about back then but the attraction of the lord giving you something to do taking you on a certain path giving you certain objectives to reach and the energy that can come from being very clear about what those are does it mean that it'll be a piece of cake getting there well Probably not. We know that isn't the way. It isn't the way things work. And anything worth achieving, I mean, it's not necessarily an easy path to it. But that's where the clarity model always gives us that, you know, that compass point, that that sense of okay, where am I now? What needs to happen next? Well, Gary, as we wrap up, what are a few kind of closing comments or takeaways about the Clarity Model? And please let people know about the training that you do and how to get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. um, I guess one general comment just about the Clarity Model, and that is it does not matter um, what other methodologies you have learned. It does not matter what tools uh, you have. Um, they can be incorporated into the clarity model. The clarity model is reflective of the way God works. It's reflective of the way God has set up anything uh, that you and I have might have to do with. So it will work whether you want to use emotional intelligence or you want to use Stephen Covey's work or you want to use some special method of time management. It's just that all-encompassing and useful uh, for you. Um, but we're moving toward later on, uh, perhaps later this year, uh, self-paced online training as well. 
And I did the uh, the live training, and I and I just like to share with everybody. It's just become the standard about how, the framework of how I go through everything, whether it's a personal decision or how I'm working with the client or in my own company. And so, Gary, the work that you've done is fabulous, and I'd really encourage everybody to just learn more about this. Um, I know the Clarity Training has actually three levels uh, to mm-hmm. become certified in the Clarity Training, and it's so much deeper and richer than we could even share in the, in the 30 minutes that we had here. But uh, I just want to let people know that. And we'll have a link on uh, uh, the post about this episode, everything about Clarity Training and, and how to get in touch with Gary. So you can just go to eternalleadership.com and just search for Gary Wood or just type Wood in the search bar and his post will come up. So Gary, thank you so much for your time today. This was this was wonderful. Hey John, it's a it's just a real honor to be with you. Truly, truly it is. Thank you. If you'd like more information about Gary, his coaching, uh, a link to his website, more just go to eternalleadership.com/074 and there we'll have all those links and more. Like a link to his Clarity School, which he starts in just a couple weeks. EternalLeadership.com slash 074 is where you'll find all that. Could you do us a favor? If you like what you've heard on this show, could you share this with a few people that you think would be impacted? You know, undoubtedly, we you've listened and thought of people that should listen. For those of you that have shared, thank you. And thank you really for everyone that's really gotten in contact with us. We've loved getting to know you to listening to your stories and really those of you that have helped expand this grassroots effort to teach people to integrate faith into work to find their calling and maximize their impact for the kingdom really great stuff is going on out there and i hope that you find what we are doing encouraging edifying and giving you insight into where god is taking you we pray for you and our listening audience often and we want to get the word out. So would you join us in helping us build this community? One of the ways that John and I have been finding community with many of you is through our private LinkedIn group. Just type Eternal Leadership into the search box and there you'll see the group right there. It's a great way to interact with John, myself, and a number of our former guests. Next time on Eternal Leadership, Scott Boyer joins us. Started working with a few different people about this concept. Hey, is there something we could do Uh, to use uh, a for-profit company in the United States as the financial engine, but work with a not-for-profit to provide support to under-resourced patients around the world. He talks about creating a pharmaceutical company whose intent is to provide epilepsy meds to third world countries and people that can least afford it. That is kingdom business. I love it. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder. And thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.